From beautiful downtown Milheim, in the smack dab center of the Keystone State, this is Lou Bryson with Seen Through a Glass, the podcast that's mostly about drinking in central Pennsylvania. Welcome to episode six. Let's go to the farm show. You can't do a central Pennsylvania drinks and food show without taking in the Pennsylvania farm show, especially if you're focused on the people who make the food and drink, as well as where you can get it. The farm show displays the best our state's agriculture has to offer. Dairy, beef, lamb, goat, mushrooms, honey, apples and fruits, maple syrup, nuts, vegetables of all kinds. It also features what gets made with those crops. Cheese, ice cream, sausage, barbecue, candy, and yes, beer, wine, cider, and meat. I suspect this is going to be an annual show for the podcast because the farm show is that important. It's so important that the whole episode's going to be about it, with only one event announcement at the end. Hop in, we're headed for Harrisburg. First, I have a special on-the-scene version of what I'm drinking today. I recorded this at the farm show on Thursday, January 12th. You can probably guess what I'm drinking. Oh, and right up front, all audio on this show was recorded live with handheld mics at the show, either on that Thursday or on my first visit on Saturday the 7th. And Saturday was crazy crowded, the most people I've ever seen at the show. It's kind of noisy, but think of it like you were there. I promise you, I ordered a windscreen for the mics, which should cut down on that annoying booming. But enough excuses. Let's get to that cold, sweet, delicious drink. So what I'm drinking today is one of the famous Farm Show milkshakes. I got the uh, vanilla and chocolate mix. I am right in the hall. So I'm going to go at it. Uh, Chocolate's on the bottom. We'll start with that. (laughs) It is thick, but it's not quite straw-collapsing thick. Um, Very chocolatey, very rich. There is a... They told me there is a higher butterfat content in this stuff than most shake mixes. Mm, mm. Wow. All right. I'm going to uh, raise the straw and go for vanilla. Oh, boy, is that good. Oh, man. You know, I always flip back and forth between vanilla and chocolate, and this reminds me why. That's so, so good. Um, Just a rich vanilla flavor plus that... uh, buttercream for the ice cream it's sweet it's wow it's chewy and rich and thick you know this is why people come back here year after year after year and they always get that milkshake since 1953 it's just great stuff and that's what i'm drinking today oh i wish i had another one of those right now A little later, I'll tell you where you can find those farm show milkshakes without waiting for the next January. But first, let's talk about the farm show itself. The Pennsylvania Farm Show is the biggest indoor farm show in America. Period. No conditions. No exceptions. It may well be the largest in the world. It's 24 acres under roof, a sprawling million square feet in 11 interconnected halls, including three different arenas. The show is, essentially, Pennsylvania's state fair. And as just another example of why Pennsylvania is just a bit different, our state fair is held indoors in January. Because it's more for the farmers than it is for the rest of us, I guess, and January is about as slow a time as there is for them. 
There's a downside to that, of course, what we call farm show weather, after all the years when it's either bitterly cold or dumping snow during farm show week. Luckily, this year was a little cold, but otherwise uneventful. Kathy and I went down on Saturday, and the traffic was backed up on Route 22 for over half a mile. We had already decided to park in the shuttle lot, though, so we cruised right on by, turning left at the entrance to the farm show instead of right. We paid our $15, parked, and were on a school bus headed down the hill in under 10 minutes. Honestly, though, when I went with my daughter Nora on Thursday, it was pretty similar, though the backup on Route 22 wasn't quite as bad, and the show itself was nowhere near as crowded as it was on Saturday. If you've been to the farm show on a weekend, you know how crowded it can be, even with all that space. We didn't get claustrophobic, it just got a bit tiring at the lines in the food court area where we headed first. Huge lines for milkshakes, baked potatoes and potato donuts, and the various meat sandwiches, beef, lamb, goat barbecue. They were all in place the whole afternoon. We started out with one of the mushroom farmers' new blended beef burgers. It was 40% mushroom. We make a similar recipe at home with diced mushrooms, so we were all in. It was delicious, flavorful, even when done medium well. The deep-fried mushrooms? Perfect, crisp, juicy, and tasty. On Thursday, the lines were much, much shorter. They almost weren't there. That time I got smoked trout chowder, whoo, Pennsylvania aquaculture, and had some of Nora's portobello nachos. The chowder was first-rate, with tasty little nuggets of smoky trout in a rich, milky broth. The nachos... Well, the mushroom part was pretty great. The corn chips were fine, but the sauce was a little too sweet. I'd tweak that. Make it great, too. Now, about those milkshakes. I had set up an interview ahead of time with Dave Smith, the executive director of the Pennsylvania Dairymen's Association. Kathy got in line for milkshakes, but they had told me to go right up to the counter and ask for him. So I did. Let me tell you, that was an almost heady feeling, walking right up to where literally hundreds of people were waiting in line to be. I took a look around while I was waiting for Dave. There were 14 milkshake machines in constant operation, not making milkshakes to order, just pouring one after another, vanilla, chocolate, half and half. They make them separate with the vanilla on the bottom, if you're curious. And this year's new flavor, orange cream. They were also deep frying big cubes of battered mozzarella on skewers, a fairly new attraction at the stand. Everyone was busy, but they all seemed to be having a pretty good time. Dave showed up after a short wait and seemed quite relaxed, despite running what is probably the show's most popular attraction. We got into some of the nuts and bolts of what makes these farm show milkshakes significantly different from others, and I think most attendees would agree, significantly better. Take it away, Dave. Do that. All right. Uh, I'm talking to Dave Smith. You're the executive director of the Pennsylvania Dairymen, is that that's, right? That's correct. The Pennsylvania Dairymen's Association. Okay. Yes. And um, this is, wow. <laughs> it's the milkshake stand at, at the Pennsylvania Farm Show. This is this is as iconic as farm show weather. <laughs> what what is it about these things? Um, you know, we we've gained a real good reputation for our milkshakes. Um, um, it, it's around the uh, the uh, institution of the farm show. We've grown out of that a little bit, and we've become you know branded known from here. Anyways. Um, we represent our dairy farmers in Pennsylvania. I, I do with the Dairymen's Association, and we have a board of directors who are dairy farmers. And our goal is, when we're in here, is to, to, to get a good product and show the consumers that come to the farm show what a, a real good product can be. And, and what we're doing here is the milkshakes. We do these deep-fried mozzarella cheese cubes that are really outstanding also. So, you know, that that is our major focus. I think, 
many um, business owners out in the uh, in the business world um, certainly they want to do a good job with their products and everything um, but they're they're more profit driven than we are so our goal is to pick out the best product that we can and we actually a number of years ago went through a process of, of developing our own formula for our, ice, uh-huh. our milkshake product so we, we kind of played with it, you know, and, and we, we picked out some things we liked and we went through a bunch of trials and stuff and we ended up with the, the product that we have now. I mean, I had to figure in 70 years, something had to change well, we've, to get we've, better. we've been tweaking it all along the way. Okay. A- another part of that is that uh, a lot of consumers may not understand, but our, our, our product has a, a higher percentage of uh, butter fat in it than a lot of milkshakes. So you can buy different levels of ice cream and dairy products and the levels uh, of taste and, and the, uh, the quality of that is, is primarily driven by the level of butter fat in uh, that. So the butter fat that's in our product and the and ice creams provide the flavor and all the other part, the things that the people really like. So, I mean, you've got how many machines running? Well, we actually have two locations here at the farm. <laughs> that's right. Products. You're over on the so, other side. So too. the large expo hall here, we, we're running 14 milkshake machines here. On the other side, we're running eight milkshake machines. How, how do you get all that stuff here? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a process that happens at about <laughs> three weeks ahead of time. Wow. Uh, you know, we have some different storage locations, and um, it takes a bunch of people to, to get it done, sure. too. Uh, that is truly amazing that what happens in here. This, uh, this farm show complex is an is a, is a, a expo hall, which, which changes you know, weekly and monthly. So when we moved in here, this was clear. Nothing was in here. The floors were scrubbed wow. clean. Just and, concrete. And, and out, of the, out of the concrete, we birthed all these stands <laughs> and all the signs and everything else you know, here. We hauled in all this other equipment. So it's a very unusual business here, too, because uh, of the... It's just eight days of the year. Yeah. So here we're bringing hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment in here, setting it up, you know, for an eight-day run and getting the the whole group of people around here. And, um, you know, our goal is, you know, hopefully to serve some people a really good product. Right, right. Um, So only eight days a year. That was actually my my last question that I really wanted to get the answer to. Everybody knows where to get a good milkshake this week of the year. Right. Do you have any tips for people to find a good Pennsylvania milkshake the rest of the year? Yeah. Well, you know, that's an interesting part of our conversation, too, because uh, our board of directors for the Dairymen's Association about five years ago went through this strategic planning process. And one of the things that they identified and we identified that was a, was a problem is that we had all our eggs in one basket when we do eight days a year. Oh, in yeah. other words, we get a blizzard. <laughs> right. We get a pandemic and lose the farm show. We're, we're losing our income that we give back to, uh, to cha- our charitable products. Sure. So five years ago, we had made the decision that we wanted to be set up so that we could go outside of the farm show complex. So actually, we have invested in, in uh, what we call our milkshake trucks. So we go on the road. Okay. We go on the road. Uh, and if, if somebody's interested in learning more about that, you can go to padairymans.com and request a, a pop, what we call a pop-up or a different location. So we're set up to go to other places, fairs, festivals, uh, you know, many different locations. Now, that said, you know, we have some growing pains with that too because <laughs> sure. it takes new people. Program. Sure. It's a new program. It takes people and, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, logistical things in that. There's only so much we can do. Of course. And, and if somebody wanted to find one of those, is that on the website as well? Uh, it, it, 
usually typically is on our Facebook page okay. where we're going to be, you know, at some point. And uh, we're, we're going to keep improving that as far as a schedule where we are going to be located. Great, great. I just, one more question. How many dairy farms are there in Pennsylvania? You know, there's, uh, I, I know the answer to that. There's over 5,000 dairy wow. farms in Pennsylvania. And it's interesting because uh, Pennsylvania uh, has a large dairy uh, business infrastructure, farmers. Um, there's only one state in the country that has more dairy family dairy farms in Pennsylvania. It's Wisconsin. So we're, we are, you know, really strong in our dairy industry. In fact, um, another fact that's, that's really important is with that many dairy farms in Pennsylvania, which is, is really positive for us, you know, we have a lot of population here in the northeast part of the United States. You know, you get the New York through Baltimore, Washington, D.C., and, you know, all the population is here. Uh, it's really important that we keep those dairy farms right here in Pennsylvania so that we have uh, close proximity to our markets. It gets to our markets faster, and it's much fresher product, too, when we were here, rather than somewhere else in the country. Right. So it's important for us to, to you know, to, to keep that in mind, you know, that those dairy farms are an important part of our economic infrastructure here in Pennsylvania. So there's over, I think there's over 5,000 dairy farms in Pennsylvania. That's fabulous. Dave, thank you very much. You're welcome. Appreciate Enjoy it. talking to you. <laughs> Enjoy your farm show. I will. All right. Kathy got up to the counter just as we were winding up, and she bought a chocolate shake because she saw that Dave had already grabbed an orange cream and handed it to me. It wasn't done, either. He really wanted me to try the fried mozzarella cubes. It's not like the stuff in restaurants, he said. It's all individually prepared. He was so right. It not only tasted way better than the mozzarella sticks you get at sports bars, it was really gooey, stretchy, and a lot of fun to eat. There are pictures at the Stag Podcast Instagram. My very serious face was for Dave's benefit. I didn't want to look like I was enjoying it too much. Thanks for the samples, Dave. I had another interview set up with Gail Ferranto, the president of Bona Foods, the state's biggest mushroom grower and processor. And the mushroom farmer stand was right there. But the appointment was 20 minutes away. So we checked out some displays, as one does at the farm show. We stopped at Lancaster County Agriculture, Hemp Farming, and the Future Farmers of America, where I learned my first Pennsylvania agriculture state ranking fact of the day. Pennsylvania ranks first in the number of farmers under 35. Pretty cool. Pretty important. Pretty impressive. And then it was time for my interview, so I went back to talk mushrooms with Gail Ferrado. By then, I'd already learned that not only are mushrooms Pennsylvania's top cash crop, Pennsylvania ranks first in the country on mushroom production. I already knew they were a big crop. I'd grown up in between the two centers for mushroom production in the state, Berks and Chester counties. I wanted to ask Gail more about that. Were they still raising mushrooms in Berks? How were the mushrooms sold? Did we export any? I had questions. She was elbow deep in working the stand, and I don't mean telling other people what to do. She was grabbing stuff and pouring diced mushrooms and working. She took a break and gave me her full attention. Here's what we talked about. All right, I am talking to uh, Gail Ferranto. You're the president of Bona Foods? I am the president of Bona Foods, yes I and am. also on the Mushroom Farmers of Pennsylvania? Yes, I'm a committee member at the Mushroom Farmers of Pennsylvania. Awesome. So, does it frustrate you that, because it doesn't seem like anyone knows that Pennsylvania's number one cash crop is mushrooms. Well, we keep sharing the message. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll do what we can. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how is the, the, the big, I guess the most of them, how are the, how is the most of them sold? Is it fresh, canned, dried? 
Uh, well, we, we have a fair amount that's sold fresh, both at retail and at food service. It's about 50-50. Okay. Uh, you know, grocery store and then restaurant food service type thing. And then there is a, a large can market, um, which, you know, is most of the processed product, you know, the, the grades that we can't sell fresh or food service. Gotcha. And, I mean, I grew up in southeastern Pennsylvania. I mean, I know that's where a lot of it is. Is it, is it all over the state or is it almost all down southeast PA? It's in two counties in Pennsylvania, uh, Chester County and in Berks County. It is still in Berks? Yes. Okay, I yeah. remember that growing up that there were mushroom farms up there. I didn't know if there still were. Absolutely. Okay, yes. great, great. Is it an export product at all? Uh, it is. We do some exporting to Puerto Rico and the islands in the, down there. Um, but. It's difficult because of the perishability. Sure. We get about seven to nine days on fresh oh, mushrooms. Wow. So things move fast. It moves very fast. We harvest every day of the year, but Christmas, most of us, uh -huh. you know, it's a very fast cycle. You can be a nine, 10 or 11 week cycle mushroom farming, and we stage our houses so that we have product every day. Have, sure, okay. What else do I want? Oh, the, the new thing this year, the beef blend? So the trend is to blend, and one of the things that we've done over the years is try to show the versatility of mushrooms. And one of those items is a blended uh, burger here at the Pennsylvania Farm Show. So we're blending mushrooms with ground protein, with beef in particular for the beef patty, but mm -hmm. you can do it with turkey, chicken, pork, um, you can do it in meatloaf, any which way, and it reduces the fat, it stretches your dollar. Okay. And oh, so, okay. And it adds, it adds nutrition to what you're doing. So it adds vegetables, and mushrooms have a lot of nutrition. Uh, the nutrition profile is different for different mushrooms, but they're very high in vitamin D and C and um, selenium, ergothionine, some of the things that you may not think about, which- It's not easy to get selenium. It, no, it's not. Yeah. No, it helps with inflammation. So, um, you know, there's been a lot of studies on mushrooms, and so we're really excited to be able to showcase mushrooms here at the farm show, well, to I, spread, the, spread the love. My wife and I had one for, for lunch. It was, it was really good. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, another new great item that we have is the portobello nacho. Oh, I it's saw a, that. It's 100% yeah. portobello. It's shredded in a savory barbecue sauce, no soy, all flavor, gluten-free, vegetarian, on a, on a corn chip. Oh, oh, so real? yeah, gluten-free all through. Yes, nice. and it's vegetarian. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's very cool. Well, now that we've said that, what's your favorite way for to, to eat Pennsylvania mushrooms? I love our mushroom salad. Ah, it's a it's a staple here. It's completely it's vegetarian. Been forever, right? It's been around a long time. My yeah. mom introduced it to the farm show okay. many many years ago. It was like the evolution of this menu, you know, in, in sharing some of the great recipes um, of our mushroom farming community. It's a mushroom salad. It's an Italian vinaigrette with just fresh vegetables: celery, carrots, onions, olives. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, it was nice sharing to yeah. you. Thanks. That was an oddly abrupt ending. I could tell she wanted to get back to work. We took a couple quick photos and I let her go. It was fun. Take a look at the pictures on Instagram. Then Kathy and I hustled across the entire complex, the long way to the far end, almost half a mile's walk. It was time to see our local hero, Daniel Cutshaw, Chef Cuddy from Elk Creek Cafe in Milheim. He was doing a cooking demo on the main stage in the main hall. We were kind of excited. Cuddy's a good guy, and he's doing some really good stuff at Elk Creek. We had just had his buffalo crispy tofu hot, 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 but creamy delicious in the middle, and chorizo fajita quesadillas earlier this week. That's good beer drinking food. 
Pennsylvania Mushrooms were sponsoring the chef's displays, so today he was cooking a mushroom and asparagus taquito. Well, he was going to be talking about it. There were two smartly turned out young cooks from the culinary program at Penn College of Technology in Williamsport who were doing the actual cooking on stage, and more of them were back in the service kitchen, making enough for everyone in the audience to taste. The audience included Cuddy's mom and dad, who'd made the trip to see their son on the stage. We're actually planning a major kitchen remodel, so we were interested that the stage was equipped with a Thermidor induction cooktop. But neither Cuddy nor the two cooks had ever used one. Well, to be honest, neither have we. There was some fiddling, but they did quickly figure it out, and the pans got hot in a jiffy. That's another aspect of the farm show. There are a lot of equipment suppliers there showing off their stuff, from shoes and sewing machines to cooktops and cast iron cookware to full-on tractors and tree harvesters. Cuddy and the cooks got through the demo, and then it was time to taste. Well, for everyone else, I had work to do. So I stepped up and got a quick chat with the man. He name-drops Tim Bowser, who's the co-founder of Elk Creek, and Tim Yarrington, who's the head brewer. It was good to see you there, chef. So, Daniel Cutchall. Cutchall? I'm sorry. Yeah, Cutchall. Cutchall. Yeah, Cutchall. Cutchall. Okay. And I know you're from, from Elk Creek, and now you're up on the stage at the, at the farm show. How'd that happen? Well, I think uh, Tim Bowser and Chef Mike from the Penn Culinary Institute are behind that. Ah. They're, they're the, the masterminds of getting me up here, okay. sweating, <laughs> making taquitos yeah, and, for the masses. Dealing with a whole new cook surface. Yes. That thing is scary. I've never worked with that. It got hot fast. That's fancy. That, yeah. That, that ain't my oven at the Elk Creek. <laughs> I love my oven at the Elk Creek. Yeah. Flat top. It's good. So you do, um, you do something at the Elk Creek that is like this recipe, and you've used this kind of filling before. It looks familiar. The asparagus and mushroom. Sure. When uh, Hesh Farm had those beautiful gold potatoes out, we do a truffled, uh, like mashed potato taquito with sour cream. We play with different flavors, but traditionally at the Elk Creek, what you see is a potato taquito with uh, some type of white truffle drizzle. And you, I mean, you try to use as much local stuff as possible. Sure, absolutely. We are blessed to live in such a beautiful region with produce, the meats, foraging, and you know, our community, there's there's a wealth of knowledge everywhere. If I want to go identify mushrooms, we got Mark Johnson. If I want to talk beef, Rising Spring, we got Jay Young. And we want to talk beer, there's nobody better than Tim Yarrington. Uh, for sure. That guy is... Yeah, he's scary he's sometimes. He's the best. Yeah. 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 He's the best. All right. Well, thank you very much. All and, right, thank you. And thanks for the, uh, the demonstration and the food. All right, it was fun. All right, we'll fun. see you back in Milhunt. All right. Thanks, Lou. Cheers, man. See you, buddy. And that was Saturday. After that on Saturday, and pretty much the whole time I was there with my daughter on Thursday, we were off the clock and just wandered around a bit. One thing I did want to see was the exhibits of award-winning grains. The farm show, like any state fair, awards prizes to the best examples of all kinds of ag produce, from cows and sheep to fruits and nuts and all the baking and sewing and such that you'd expect at a state fair. I had a ribbon winner with me to help me make sense of it all. 
When Kathy was in 4-H in high school, she won the blue ribbon at the Dutchess County Fair with her molasses cookies. Big deal, you say? She then went on to the New York State Fair in Syracuse and took the blue ribbon there, too. And I just had some of those same cookies last week. Yeah, I'm bragging on my wife. Back to the farm show. We saw prize-winning apples, cheeses, livestock, potatoes, cakes, canned fruits and vegetables. We saw lists of award-winning beers, wines, and ciders. But the grains, where were the grains? In the McClay lobby? The lobby? Oh, all right, but they weren't even there. The lobby was full of FFA displays about spotted lanternflies and satellite-guided robo-harvesters. You know, harvesting grain? Well, there was a Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture info booth just inside the hall. They'll know. Yeah, not only didn't they know, they didn't seem to even realize there was a display of award-winning grains. We told them we'd go look for them. Sure enough, they were two lobby annexes west. There were some sad-looking old display cases with ears of corn, jars full of rye and wheat and soybeans, and bales of hay. And that was about it. I was really disappointed. Not in the grains or the farmers, but in the way that they were kind of shoved aside. Pennsylvania's pork and dairy industries run on hay and corn, but you'd never know that. What's more, and I know this is a small part of the category, but would have been interesting, while there were booths for brewers and cider makers and a large area for wineries, there wasn't one Pennsylvania distiller there. Distillers and maltsters should really be at the farm show. Their products are every bit as agricultural as, well, as milk. I may have to write some letters, encourage some people to work on this. Pennsylvania's grain farmers deserve it. There was one bright note for grain farmers. Robert McDonald of Dancing Star Farm in Imler, Pennsylvania, was recognized by the farm show for his online marketing. Robert's been in the forefront of raising and distributing heirloom strains of grain, particularly corn and rye, and he's established quite a presence on social media. That's where the distillers are, and he's making sure they know about Pennsylvania grain. After we did find the grain, we went to look at the butter sculpture, because it's one of the things you do at the farm show. Every year, about a thousand pounds of butter is sculpted into a farm scene. This year, it was a farm family, with a baby, a tree, and a calf. The sculpture is quite deft. There were tiny features on the baby, leaves on the tree. And it's not wasted butter, either. It's inedible scrap butter left over from processing. After the show, it's fed into a methane digester on a farm in Juniata County, I think, and used to heat their dairy barn. Sadly, one thing we didn't see this year was the baby duck go-round, a farm show staple. It's a track that baby ducks climb up and then slide down into flowing water, swim around, and kind of wander back to climb up again. Endless fascination for young and old alike, and the ducks get fed and get to play in the water. But this year we're all facing avian flu with its disastrous effects on the egg and poultry industry. So there was no poultry whatsoever at the farm show. Kind of sad. So we went to see the rabbits instead. Do you have any idea how many different kinds of rabbits there are and how different they are? From ones that you could easily hold in the palm of your hand to the Flemish giants and French lops that you'd have to use both arms to lug around. There was one weird type, a white rabbit that has black fur around its eyes, so it looked like it was wide awake and looking at you when it was fast asleep. Weird little bunnies. There were a lot of people going, aww, at that display. Since we'd seen the rabbits, we'd figured we'd do the other cute things at the farm show, too. We went to the calving corner, fingers crossed, 
but there were no little wobbly-legged critters there. And we went to the main arena, where the most publicized event of the whole show was taking place. Baby goat snuggling. Not kidding. Well, I guess they were. Ha ha. Because for a $5 donation, you could literally cuddle a freshly washed goat kid. It was insanely popular, with a line that was easily 50 feet long. We took a pass, but everyone in there looked beatifically happy. And the goats were awfully cute. Then we got potato donuts. Uh, did you know that Pennsylvania has more potato chip makers than any other state? Then we got down to the last round of work. Drink. Pennsylvania wineries had a marquee position in the main hall with a large display. There were six or seven wineries pouring every day from across the state. Now, Pennsylvania does produce a lot, a lot of sweet wines and fruit wines because they sell. But they're producing some sparkling wines and some pretty respectable dry reds as well. I talked to George Hazard, a co-founder of Juniata Valley Winery in Mifflin. He was there pouring wines. We talked about the cluster of wineries located there in the Juniata River Valley. He's quite bullish on the area. Give a listen. At the Farm Show 2023, and I am talking to George Hazard of Juniata Valley Winery. Hi. Yeah. Hi, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. good. Um, what? I guess, what do you do at the farm show? Ah, that's a great question. Well, the Pennsylvania wine industry is really being represented here at the farm show this week. And we're one of those wineries. We're a Pennsylvania preferred winery. What they do is we have a big area called the PA Wineland. And certain wineries throughout the state get two days to be here to show our wares, show off what you got. Ed educate the public on Pennsylvania wines. That's great. That's what we're here doing. Okay. I've been planning this podcast for a while and I've got everything, every place I want to get to mapped out on, yeah. on, a, on a Google map. I couldn't help but noticing there's a real cluster of wineries down in your area. What is it about the Juniata Valley? I tell you, this central Pennsylvania has some of the best wineries on the East Coast. Really? Obviously, you know, um, the Finger Lakes is, is, a, is a fantastic region, some of the best wines in the world. Uh, there's other areas of the East Coast. Virginia has some great wineries, but Central Pennsylvania really has some great vineyards, uh, some great uh, climates to grow some good grapes, and some fantastic winemakers. That's great. Yeah, we're, we're, it's it's very good. It's a region you should check out. We just we just moved to the area about well, a little over a year ago now, and. Yeah. I was not aware of it at all, and I, we've been trying some of the wines, and it's been an eye-opener. Ah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You know, most of the uh, public here are looking for a sweet wine. Yeah. And that's where we make our bread and butter. Sure. And it's, and it's easy, like any business. But we have some fantastic dry wines being made here in central Pennsylvania. Some real nice Rieslings, Traminette, uh, Cab Franc, Chamberson. Uh, a friend of mine grows Marquette, uh, which is a, a Minnesota varietal. Oh! Fantastic dry red. You know, often it's overlooked for the quality of the, the dry wines that we can produce. Well, that means it's probably still a bargain then. Well, I'm sorry? It's probably still a bargain then oh, if yeah. people have overlooked it. Yeah, so that's right. It's still a good reason to jump on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, like, what's, it, what's it like being a winemaker in Pennsylvania? Oh, what's it like? <laughs> that's a good question. Pre-COVID, I would have probably said it was awesome. You ah, know, COVID, sure. re COVID was really a challenge for the winemakers. So it's a, know, a lot of it is tourism driven. Oh, it's absolutely yeah, tourism okay. driven. But, but, you know, it's exciting to be a winemaker in a region of the world 
that is really growing. Wineries are the fastest growing agricultural industry in Pennsylvania. I did not know that. Yeah, so um, when I fastest growing, when I say fastest growing, there's more and more all the time. The market is there, the opportunity is there, and uh, it's very exciting to be a part of that industry. Yeah. You know, um, I like people, I like music, I like wine, I like to talk to people. (laughs) It's a great business to be in. Sure. Yeah, and it really is. That's great. Well, thank you, George. I appreciate that. Um, Best of luck at the farm show. Thank you. I appreciate you being here at the farm show. And uh, tell your public this is a great place to try out some of the best Pennsylvania wines in the state. Okay. Yeah. Thanks very much. Very good. Thanks, Lou. Yep. When I said goodbye to George, we walked all the way over to the far corner of the main hall to visit the Pennsylvania Breweries booth. I talked to Mark Larson from Boom City Brewing in Williamsport and sampled his IPA. Good beer. I'm talking to Mark Larson uh, from Boom City Brewing in Williamsport. How you doing this morning? We're doing all right. Having a good day. Good. Good. I mean, why are breweries here at the farm show? Uh, we had a competition on Saturday. Uh-huh. And uh, if you participated in the competition, you got to set up and Oh, sell. nice. Okay. Cool. And um, you're tasting, selling, uh, talking to people you, about beer? A little bit of everything. Okay. So, selling our two sets of cans and... And tasting them as well. Awesome. What do you have today? We have our Log Jam IPA and our Hazy or our River, River Haze IPA. Okay, cool. And you've been open for six years. Six, yep, years. six years. Okay, that's great. Um, tap room there in Tap Williamsport? room, full tasting, uh, full uh, full service restaurant as well. Oh, nice. Uh, we have everything under the sun and, and open bar. Uh, not open bar, full bar. So, yeah. yeah. Um, usual uh, lineup is about how many beers on tap? Uh, seven to eight. Okay, yeah. very cool. We have a porter. Uh, that took third place last year here at the farm show. We have nice. Razzle Wheat that took second and third. Uh, we have a Pilsner, and we have our, our IPAs that are on right sure. now. Sure. Everybody's got to have an IPA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Mark. I yep. appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank Take you. Take care. Finally, we wandered down to the Pennsylvania Cider Booth, where I sampled the wares of Brother Monk Cider Works from northern Cambria. They had quite a variety of ciders, but one of them was so unusual and so delicious that I bought a bottle. Let's drink that right now. So no more plan around. What I'm drinking today is the Brother Monk Cider Works from Northern Cambria, their Quince Reserve. This is a, uh, a cider that's 100% quince. Now, if you're not familiar with quince, and I'll be honest, I'm mostly familiar with quince because when I was growing up, our next door neighbor had a tree in his backyard and I tried to eat one once. Quints are pretty much inedible, mainly because they're really hard, and if you do persevere and gnaw into it, they're quite, well, not really, they're usually described as bitter, but they're really quite tannic. Quince essentially has to be cooked to be eaten. So I assume at some point these these fruits are cooked and then pressed for juice. Um, It's really... It's quite aromatic. It's a it's a, 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 a almost unlike cider. The um, the quince is well. It it looks kind of like a, a cross between a kind of a bumpy large Bartlett pear and a golden delicious apple, but it's not either. It doesn't taste like either of those things. It is in the same family as apple. It's a poem, but it's often a subset, a genus of its own. So it's not really a cross, it's a, it's a thing, it's quince. The fruit originally comes from Asia, but is now grown in Europe. I know that the Bosques are, are fond of quince. 
Uh, it's also grown in New England and obviously in Pennsylvania. So this is down, well, in Cambria County near Johnstown. So, wow, there's a, uh, there's a tang to it, but at the same time, there's this really nice, sweet floral note to it. And just a bit of citrus. But there's definitely almost like a, like a, a really sweet, fruity vinegar. Let's try some. Mm. Wow, and that is, <laughs> that's what made me buy a bottle of this stuff. It's unlike anything else. And it really does, it's almost as if they made a cider from a shrub. It's got that same tart but sweet mm, character to it, and it is extremely refreshing. I could, uh, I could drink this all afternoon. Well, no, I probably couldn't drink this all afternoon. It's 6.8%. I think this uh, 500 milliliter bottle is going to mean an end to my work day, uh, but that's okay. It's it's almost three o'clock. I, I could call it a day. The color is tremendous. It's this uh, kind of translucent straw color. Mm. That is really good. I see that Plowman in Adams County also makes a quince cider. I think it's called Brother. So now I really want to try that out. I want to find some more quince ciders. This is very good. Um, I think the bottle was $12 when I bought it at the farm show. Worth your time, worth your money. This is on par with wine in flavor and enjoyment, if not alcohol. But are we drinking for alcohol? Are we really? We're drinking for experience. And this, my friends, a 100% quince juice cider is an experience. And that's what I'm drinking today. And that was that. The farm show did not disappoint. Not in the milkshakes, the butter sculpture, the fried mushrooms, the rabbits, or let's be honest, the people watching, which is always top notch. We will be back again next year. Now, as I said last time, I'm not gonna be running an events calendar here, so please don't submit anything to be read on the show. But this event is something I try to get to every year, and it's right here in Milheim, which, as you know, is in the smack dab center of the Keystone State. February 19th is the Day of Delicious Darkness at Elk Creek Cafe, their annual day dedicated to dark beers. With limited seating and a finely honed serving system, you can choose from eight dark beers, five of them bourbon barrel aged, six on nitro pour. There's room, nothing runs out, you can sample all eight beers in reasonable servings. It's truly one of the more civilized beer events I've been to in almost 40 years of this stuff. There are two sessions at 1 and 4 p.m. It is a ticketed event. Go to eventbrite.com and search Milheim. The event will come up. The ticket entitles you to admission and a seat. The beers are pay as you go. I'll be at the 1 p.m. session. If you see me, say hi. Hey, while we're in Milheim, I'm very happy to report that our town has a coffee shop again. The Inglebean may be gone, but the meandering mallard has landed in that space as of now. I went to opening day on Monday, and the grand opening is this Saturday, the 28th of January. You can get Standing Stone coffee, roasted in Huntingdon, and the same house-baked goodies you remember from the Inglebean. 7 to 2 daily on Main Street in Milheim. Don't miss it. That's the show. My thanks to Dave Smith, 
Gail Ferranto, Mark Lorson, and George Hazard for the interviews. A hat tip to my wife Kathy for helping with the Sunday visit, and to my daughter Nora for sharing her birthday visit with the show. Thanks also to Nora, as always, for her help with the music and sound effects. You can find my farm show pictures on Instagram at Stag Podcast and on Facebook at Seen Through a Glass, where you'll find pictures and links and ways to contact me. Seen Through a Glass is now available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Please subscribe to get notice of new episodes, and if you like the show, please take a moment and drop a rating or review. Thanks! You can always message me directly on social media to let me know what you liked on an episode, what could be improved, and what Central Pennsylvania drinks and food producers you'd like to hear from. The next episode is all about the Williamsport area. I went to bars, breweries, coffee roasters, and Nomad Distillery recently. I had a great time. I've been a fan of Belltown for years. I also have an interview with Quinn and Chris at Therapy Brewing, out in the country northeast of Williamsport, and I do think you'll enjoy it. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Lou Bryson on Seen Through a Glass from the smack dab center of the Keystone State.